0: Another night, another blockbuster deal in the NBA. How do you, as a Raptors fan, get excited for the upcoming season? Austin Matthews continues to get ranked, but do the analysts have it spot on? Pilar, is it time to shut it, or is it time for the umpires to lighten up? And plenty, I mean plenty of tickets still available for Mayweather, McGregor. All that coming up right here, TSN 1050.
1: This is Toronto Today. On TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports.
0: See, even I will admit that this is a catchy beat. It's a catchy tune. Coldplay was in town for the last two weeks, but what I don't get about Chris Martin and Coldplay is how they pack up and leave their genre just because they hear EDM, the dance music vibe is cool, and they can make a lot more money doing so. So they left their roots to chase the cash. Should I hold that against them? Because I really do. I really do. They make Music for chicks now. They do. It's fine. It's it's who they are, but it wasn't who they used to be. Them and Kings of Leon are the two bands that started in one direction and went, whoop. U-turn. We're going to go glow wristbands and confetti. Joe Narser, a producer, was down at Coldplay with his girlfriend on Monday night. That makes going to a Coldplay show acceptable now. If you're there on a date.
2: Yeah, and but I right? will say I will say to defend Coldplay, in their last few albums, you're right they have changed and gone to more EDM and popular. But when they do their show, they play what made them. So you don't actually go and sit there and listen to like him and Rihanna and all that stuff. He only played like three or four of his new songs. Okay, okay. So it's kind of like how Pro Jam releases an album every year, but they never play a song from their new album when they do well, they a concert. A they yeah, play exactly. A couple. exactly.
0: But Pearl Jam still sounds like Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? Like Coldplay doesn't sound like Coldplay anymore. That song, look, decent song this summer, good vibe, not going to hate on it. But just the whole switcheroo pulled by Coldplay doesn't sit well with me. By the way, I am Gareth Wheeler. What's up, Toronto? 1102, no more time for Chris Martin because so much going on. Uh, As I mentioned, another buster in the NBA. Who hasn't got traded this summer? Scruzy, Joe on the glass. Let's count down the star players that got traded. Kyrie to Boston last night, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. Uh, and the next pick went the other way. Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves. Paul George. Paul George to Oklahoma City. Uh, Chris Paul ends up in Houston. Some of this will be through free agency yeah, as Gordon well. Hayward by the way.
2: signed with Boston.
0: Hayward to Boston. And I bet you we're missing a ton. That, that's just like right off the top of our head. The NBA has gone bananas this summer. Listen, this offseason has been better than the NBA playoffs. By far, and it's not even close. Isn't it wild? Like, Kyrie Irving demands a trade. You're like, okay. Oh, Paul Millsap goes to the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to keep on counting them down, by the way as the, as it comes to mind. Um, and he wants to get traded, and you're like, okay, the Cavs are going to send him to the Knicks, potentially, or maybe some abyss, some market that really is an afterthought in the NBA. Instead, they trade him to the next best team in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and they got a bleep load for him in return. I get it. I like Isaiah Thomas, the player, super quick. Fast handles, can create his own shot. But I'm sorry, he's nowhere near the player that Kyrie is. Kyrie's got handles. What, did you, what were we saying before the show, Joe Nersa? That Kyrie Irving has handles like AI. Yeah, but, but bigger. But bigger, and he can shoot. He can. He, he, he can knock down open jump shots. He can create a shot off the dribble. I love Kyrie Irving. And the thing is, Isaiah Thomas is a free agent after this year. This is clearly a short-term move for Cleveland to stay good now. This Cavs team, by the way, don't sleep on them, even without Kyrie. Isaiah Thomas, Derek Rose at the point. J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, Iman Shumpert at shooting guard. LeBron James, you don't need anyone else at small forward. At the four, Kevin Love, Jake Crowder, Jeff Green, center Tristan Thompson, Channing Frye. It's a good team. Maybe not as good as Golden State. But wow, that is still a very good team. And and the Celtics, this move, believe it or not, isn't about this upcoming season for the Celtics. And yes, they gave up the Brooklyn Nets pick. And the Brooklyn Nets will probably be one of, if not the worst team in the NBA again this year. I know they got D'Angelo Russell, another move that was made over the course of the offseason. But this Celtics team, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm still sitting on draft picks for flipping the 1 for the 3. They got Jason Tatum. Michael Fultz goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. They got the Lakers pick next year. Now it's protected 2 to 5. But what if the Lakers end up drafting drafting 7th or 8th? So they'll get another lottery pick. And if it falls in the lottery for next year, then that pick gets moved to 2019 and it could be the Sacramento Kings pick. And what are the Kings going to be? I don't know. They've had a pretty decent off season, brought in a lot of players, but they are Sacramento after all. But if you're the Celtics, it doesn't even matter what happens this year. Because you're waiting, like the Raptors are as well, for next year. This time next year will be exciting. For the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Sixers. Because LeBron probably will go. Isaiah Thomas probably won't stick around. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers all of a sudden are in a rebuild. And they're not these Cavaliers. So as much as this move for the Celtics and Danny Ainge helps the team now because they got the best player in the deal in Kyrie Irving, this year's going to be about trial and error. See what else they need. Irving, Jalen Brown's going to be a second-year player. Gordon Hayward, they traded for Marcus Morris, a decent four. Al Horford, they draft Jason Tatum. Like all of a sudden, you're building a really solid core in Boston. So here's my question. Because that deal was made... Last night, and and all kinds of big deals have been made across the NBA this summer. It is being cuckoo bananas. How do you, as a Raptors fan, get excited for this upcoming NBA season? Explain this to me. Because the status quo, which the Raptors have maintained, isn't sexy, it doesn't jump off the page, it doesn't get a whole lot of buzz. According to Vegas, and I don't know how much you believe in the odds to win the Eastern Conference in Vegas. The rankings, the order goes Cleveland, Boston, Washington, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and then the Raptors as the sixth favorite to win the Eastern Conference. The Raptors just didn't maintain the status quo. In some people's eyes, they lost some of their best defensive players. P.J. Tucker, he gone. Pat Patterson couldn't shoot a lick, but he could play a little D. Damari Carroll ends up in Brooklyn. Corey Joseph ends up in Indiana. I like the Raptors' young players, but that's going to take some serious selling to make Raptors fans excited about this upcoming year. If you're the Raptors... I guess what you need to preach in order to get some kind of excitement is that by maintaining the status quo, we're going to figure out what we have in our quote-unquote big three. Because last year, after the trade deadline, after Serge Ibaka was brought to Toronto, I mean, uh, Kyle uh, Lowry went down to injury right away. Right away. So you didn't really get to see DeMar, Serge, and Kyle do their thing all together. And in the playoffs, before Kyle Lowry got hurt, I mean, there were mixed reviews. So what what this year will be a little bit for the Raptors is about self-discovery, what these three can be, what some of the young players on this team can turn into. DeLon Wright, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi. Their first round draft pick. I like Pascal Siakam. He's extremely athletic. Jakob Pertle. And then perhaps you move off of Valanchunas. Maybe, maybe you could reinvigorate Valanchunas this year. Perhaps. So the phone lines are open. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. And toll free. At one 591 That one 1-855-591-6876. You as a Raptors fan, are you excited for this upcoming season? Or if you're the Raptors, how do you try to build excitement for this year considering how much movement has been going on across the NBA? Is the status quo good enough for you? Did the Raptors need to go out and make a blockbuster move to capture your attention, or they find as is the way that they're set up right now. The text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca, at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Um, I want to hear from you. So, Another night, another big move in the NBA. Who better to bring on than our good buddy, the coach, Jack Armstrong, the voice of Raptors basketball here on TSN 1050 and on Canada's Sports Leader as well. How big of a surprise, Jack, was it for you last night, this morning, you see that Kyrie Irving ends up in Boston?
3: Uh, I, there's a word I said, oh, blank. Uh, when I, <laughs> 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 Literally, I was at the dinner last night. And I was like, Wow. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, it it got real bad, obviously, uh, because in my opinion, uh, my stance, if I were Cleveland, would have been get these two guys together and say, hey, look, we'll we'll deal with this after we make one more run at a championship, but we're not trading you, period, end of story. But obviously Kyrie's camp said, you know, I'm not reporting. So uh, Cleveland blinked. And I think, uh, on the other hand, they got a pretty good package considering. And, you know, the, 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 I don't know if they could have got a better package anywhere else. I mean, obviously, you get Isaiah Thomas at a bargain rate. One year, he's going to be playing for a contract. He's a terrific player. Uh, Jay Crowder, I'm a huge fan of. I think he's going to help their team. Uh, and you get the, uh, a, a very good uh, draft pick uh, for next spring which is the the big chip that Celtics have been holding on to. And you get a young man out of Croatia uh, who didn't play in the league last year, who down the line I think could be a good player. Uh, So I I think you get some good pieces. And your roster in Cleveland is positioned to make a one-year run. Uh, And then maybe LeBron walks, maybe Isaiah Thomas walks, maybe you trade Kevin Love. Maybe you trade Isaiah Thomas at the trade deadline. Who knows? But you're, you are definitely, in my opinion, still, uh, you know, you remember they added Derek Rose during the summer. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I still think they're the best team in the East and in, in a position to, uh, win the conference and get back to the finals and then let the chips flow where they may. But they also now have, if those guys leave, uh, and they move love, you know, they have the ability to have a lot of cap space, and they got a a, a high pick and a good young player in a trade and a Jay Crowder on a, a bargain a number uh, to begin the process of trying to rebuild. And on the other side, if you're Boston, you're bringing in an elite guy, and, you know, you have uh, – it's clear that Boston, from a signability standpoint, wasn't comfortable after this year – Keeping Isaiah Thomas because of the money, and I think they felt that if they're going to truly be a championship team, they feel Kyrie Irving is more of an elite player. And you couple him with, uh, you know, a guy like Al Horning last year, and then Gordon Hayward, who was their big signing this year. Uh, you know, they, you know, they, you know, it, it's an interesting roster. I, I think it's the second best roster in the conference, but boy, oh boy, it'll be a lot of fun. I
0: I love Kyrie Irving, the player, just his offensive game, Jack, obviously his defensive game has holes, but if you're the Celtics and Danny Ainge right now, basically because of the unknown after next year in Cleveland, you have a year to figure this out, don't you? Like with Irving and Hayward and Horford, how they'll come together, how a second-year guy and Jalen Brown will fare, how Jason Tatum, their third overall pick from this year, will come into that mix. It seems like this is a pretty good spot for both now and the future for yeah, the Boston
3: Celtics. I would agree, you know, and uh, and they picked up Marquise Morris as well, you know, and up the upgrade their rebounding a little bit. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be real good. They're real good, and and I think they have one of the best offensive coaches in the NBA. And uh, I think I'm a huge Brad Stevens fan. I think he's proven himself in his first few years in the league as one of the better coaches in the league. And um, I think he'll find ways for a guy like Kyrie and Hayward and Hawford to make the thing work and to plug in some of these young guys. And they still have, uh, they still have some uh, future uh, picks as well and flexibility to kind of create uh, an even better roster going forward. So I like your, your point that you make. About the fact that this is a good year for them to kind of be real, really good and very competitive. And if Cleveland falters even one bit, uh, to be the team in the NBA finals. So I, I, think, uh, they're not far off from Cleveland, but I would still give Cleveland, based upon this trade, the, uh, the fact that I think they're the team to beat in the East. And then, uh, from a Toronto-centric perspective, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it makes the, it makes the climb that much harder. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, they have some good pieces in place, but they got to get better. See,
0: see, Jack, this is my main question for today's show because not just the, the, the deal that went down last night, but because of all the blockbuster moves that were made this offseason. Chris Paul to Houston, Paul George, um, going go to Oklahoma City, Jimmy Butler to Minnesota. It has been a wild and crazy summer of the NBA. How do Raptors fans get excited about basically the status quo when it comes to their team?
3: Well, I, I think, number one, you have one of the, one of the great patient, long-view uh, president in the league in Say He's done a fabulous job here in Toronto. He did a fabulous job in Denver prior to that. And I have every bit of confidence that, uh, you know, he's not going to make knee-jerk, impulsive moves for the sake of keeping social media happy or the fans happy. Uh, he's going to do what he thinks is right short and long-term for his basketball club. I think the Raptors. I would put them, in, you know, in the category right now. I think you'd agree with me. They're probably in that next group with Washington, and then you could start debating, you know, how good is uh, Milwaukee going to be, and you know they're in that next group, and a lot's going to come down to uh, the development of, uh, you know, how well De- Delon Wright's going to play, how well Norman Powell's going to play. Uh, it's obvious that uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, they got to figure things out with him. If 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 he's going to be on their roster, they got to do a better job of, of making you know it work with him. I mean, they got what is it, sixteen million dollars a year invested in him. Right. He's got to you know they they somehow some way uh, you you know you got to you got to make it work with what you have, and uh, you know we all would love to play like Golden State, but every roster looks different, and you got to play according to the roster that you have. And and get the best out of them, and and I think a lot of it's going to come down to the, you know, those secondary young players now, the Jakob Pirtles, and the, uh, you know, you know all the different guys you have in place that you've, you know, been in this developmental mode for a while. Now it's going to go from potential to productivity. These guys got to produce, and if they do, uh, I think your top three is good. Very good. I mean, Lowry, DeRozan, and Abaka are very good players. Uh, are they as elite? Maybe as some of the top tier uh, few teams in in the East. Probably not, but they're very good. And if your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guys on your roster are real sound, and your coaching's been sound like it's been in the past, you're going to be right there in the hunt again. You might not be in the NBA Finals, but. You theoretically could be right in the mix.
0: Jack Armstrong joining us here on Toronto today. I'm Wheels. I'm with you on all that. And I think they have some intriguing players they need to see more of at the NBA play, at the NBA level in terms of the young talent coming through, which I'm completely fine with. I'm okay with. But the status quo we're not making the big move isn't sexy, right, Jack? We we all know that the big splash is what draws people's attention. And right now, if you're looking at odds makers, they're listing the Raptors as fifth or even sixth best or sixth favorite when it comes to the Eastern Conference. Is that reflective more the fact that they didn't make that big splash? Or is there the legit questions about the quality of this team? Because I have a hard time believing that the Milwaukee Bucks or the Washington Wizards or the Philadelphia 76ers are that much or even a better team than the Raptors.
3: Well, that's why we have the offseason. That's why there's all the debate. And a lot of it will be on Dwayne Casey and his coaching staff uh, to make sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed and things are done the right way. And this team is one of the better-coached, most cohesive teams in the Eastern Conference. And I think if you have that, they're going to be right there in the thick of things. And and I have full belief in that if those things are done. You know, the fact that they didn't make a big move, I, I would say, I would use the word maybe couldn't make a big move rather than didn't make a big sure. move. Where would they be able to make a move? Like what, which, I mean, unless they're trading DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of, uh, admittedly, a lot of discussion about Jonas Valanciunas. And obviously, in the climate that we're in right now, uh, a lot of teams uh, don't value him maybe as much as his number is valued right now. But he's on your roster. you got to figure out how to make it work with him. Uh, you can't keep telling me, you know, it's all about three balls, this, that, the other thing. He's on your roster. He's a big piece of the puzzle in your cap make it work, and, uh, you know, I I really think that when you look at the Raptors right now, there's still some good pieces in place, and, uh, you know, who's to say that another move isn't coming down the line? I I don't know of any, but you never know, and I I really think that they're doing the best job that they can, and I I believe another thing, too. It's all about being in the hunt, and to me, uh, if you're Toronto, you've had four straight years of, of good, uh, you know, run, this is the best run in franchise history, and just stay in the hunt. Just find a way to stay in the hunt. There could be a lot of movement in your conference a year from now, and keep building, keep doing it the right way, and uh, you never know how it all shakes out. Well, this has been
0: a ton of fun this offseason. My God, it's been more fun than the playoffs actually were, Jack. Like, honestly, I kind of feel for you guys who are broadcasting games because you're going to be like, oh, that guy's playing for this team now? There's been so much movement. So the NBA season's starting earlier this year, so not as much time to do your research. That'll leave you at it, Jack. you got a couple months to go. Okay, pal?
3: Well, Garrett, thank you so much. And uh, it's interesting. I think the NBA's taken on the NFL model. Yeah and they have done a great job of keeping uh... their league in in the news and i think it creates a lot of excitement and i think right now if you look at at uh... in north america you know the nfl's number one and the nba's number two and baseball and hockey are you know are, are, are not in that category because i think uh, young people are really drawn to these two sports and totally uh, and, the, and these leagues have done a great job of keeping the interest up year round and uh, i think it, it that's why there's such tv money and that's why these uh, leagues and these players and these owners are so profitable and uh, but at the end of the day i think it's fun i think it uh, it sets the bar higher in the eastern conference and it makes the job for Masai Jerry, Bobby Webster, Dwayne Casey, and their respective staffs and the players uh, that much harder. But at the same time, it's a great goal to shoot for. And I'm excited about it. Bring it on.
0: Well put, Jack. Uh, enjoy the rest of your summer, okay? We'll catch up soon. Great hearing those voice, uh, your voice back on these airways, buddy. Well,
3: Garrett, same, same to you. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And we're running out of weekends, but uh, get out there and hit a few balls on the golf course.
0: Absolutely. Board. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. The, you got it, buddy. The coach, Jack Armstrong, joining us here on TSN 1050. He raises a number of great points there. Great stuff, as always, with Jack. The last thing he said, though about how the NFL and the NBA do a great job staying in the news, he couldn't be more on point about that. And I've joked about this all summer long. I I joked about it with James Duffy a few weeks back. I'm like, why does the NHL shut down in terms of talking points, in terms of news and notes, in terms of debate in the summer? And and Duffy kind of was joking around, but he was kind of serious. He's like, when Bob McKenzie goes on vacation for the summer, NHL talk just shuts down. And he's right. But should it? I I was told and I've been told this before by a former NHL executive who told me that for seven weeks up until like after after the first like kind of burst of July, so coming and approaching midway through July to Labor Day, don't call an NHL front office. Because they're on vacation. They're not around. And that's changed a little bit over the years. There's a little bit more accessibility. But that's the way that things were. They go on shutdown. Everyone would go to their cottage. They'd go to their boat. they get out of the office. But that's not how sports leagues are run anymore. And the NHL, for me, is completely missing the boat. The NBA hasn't taken an offseason. The offseason has been like... An actual season from from Summer League to all the wheeling and dealing and free agency. It hasn't stopped. We're not even talking about Lonzo Ball anymore and his crazy dad. Because there's been so many big blockbuster moves that that, that continue to make you speculate, dream, think, debate about what these teams are going to be. It hasn't been until this week where the NHL, and it's not even the NHL doing it, Well, I guess it kind of is in a roundabout way. The NHL network released some of their rankings. Well, at least that gives something that people can chew on. And we'll get into this later on, whether or not Austin Matthews is being ranked appropriately. But you need to kind of feed the beast. And the NHL doesn't do anywhere near enough of it. The NBA has owned this summer. The NHL, where are you? The biggest NHL story this summer is the fact that they won't be going to the Olympics. How is that good for the sport? The NBA crushing. And yet again, late August here blockbuster deal last night. Kyrie Irving going to the Boston Celtics. A package including Isaiah Thomas heading back to the Cavaliers. Uh, Phone lines are open 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. You as a Raptors fan out there, how do you get excited about this new season? Are you looking for internal growth? Are you looking ahead of year? Are you excited to see the Raptors' big three come together? Or have all these other moves, blockbuster moves across the league, left a sour taste in your mouth? Did you need a big move to remain engaged with this team? Let me know. 416-870-1050. The text is 105050. Uh, live at tsn1050.ca is the email. And at TSN on Twitter. More Raptors talk. Austin Matthews rankings Kevin Pillar getting tossed Umpires needing to get a life And tickets not being sold To Mayweather McGregor All coming up I'm your boy Gareth Wheeler Good morning Toronto This is Toronto Today Now screws, you are just trolling me Because this is exactly what I was talking about When it, came, when it comes to Kings of Leon You know? The U-turn went from cool southern rock to whatever this is. Wheels with you. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. Big Tommy Wilson. I'm going to ask him about this. Headlining in the Toronto Star today. Leafs killer Tom Wilson preparing for season at BioSteel Camp. Tom Wilson of the Capitals is going to join us. We'll ask him about having the moniker, having the label as Leafs killer. We'll ask him about playing the Maple Leafs in the playoffs and just how nervous, what the vibe was, the panic level inside that Capitals dressing room in the first round of the playoffs. Tom Wilson will join me in about 30 minutes time. At Wheeler TSN is where you find me on Twitter. The text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca. And we're taking your phone calls as well, 416-870-1050 and toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Uh, we're going to continue the Raptors talk a little bit, but I want to get into Austin Matthews. I want to get into Kevin Pillar. I want to get into the NBA offseason uh, in, in a few moments time as well. But Ryan from Toronto hits me up. All of this NBA movement is fun, but it's all moot. Moot or moot? Moot? thought it was, mute? Mute mute. Oh, no, was moot. Moot? Moot point? It's a moot point. It's a moot. A boot. <laughs> it's a moot point. Or is it mute? No, it's moot. Okay, it's all a moot point because Golden State is still Golden State. I hate that attitude. I really do. What are all these NBA teams supposed to do? Just lay down and just roll over for the Golden State Warriors? I respect I love how these teams are still going for it. You think LeBron James is throwing up his arms and saying, well, who cares? I won a title before. No, they're going for it. Houston, you think James Harden and his massive beard down there in Texas is saying, oh, boy, it's hot. My beard is getting sweaty. No. You say, Chris Paul, come join me. We're going to try to make a run at this Golden State Warriors team. Danny Age is trying to do it. Whether it's this year, next year, adding Kyrie Irving. I love all this movement. OKC, there's nothing that Russell Westbrook would like better than to defeat that SOB Kevin Durant. And now he's got Paul George by his side, a pretty damn good player. I love how these NBA teams aren't just sitting back and now a certain group of these guys. And the Minnesota Timberwolves have said enough is enough. Jimmy Butler, come on board with Wiggy. Carl Anthony Towns, like, teams are going for it, And that, for me, is going to make for a can't-miss NBA season. Let me know your thoughts, 416-870-1050, TSN WheelerTSN on Twitter. Uh, Joe Narsa, Screezy behind the glass. We were talking about this off-air. Is the NBA the one sport now where the off-season is better than the actual season in the games when they play out? Is, is that the question you posed to me, Joe?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I think so because, like you were just saying, a lot of the fans that watch a sport feel the way that you were saying. It's like, oh well, you know what? It's just the whole season doesn't matter, the playoffs don't matter. Let's just watch Cleveland and Golden State in the finals, and that's it. It feels like everything's kind of set in stone during the regular season, but in the off season, is when anything can happen in the NBA, and it's so much more fun right. for me as a fan to I, witness the crazy. I
0: hear what you're saying, though, but last year's NBA regular season was a ton of fun to watch. The playoffs are what sucked. And now I'd make the argument, argument that more teams are, are capable of making a run and building some intrigue. There's more teams in the mix now than there were last year. So that's why I want to see how it all plays out. Golden State, undoubtedly, they're going to be the favorites. But you can't tell me that Houston, a very good team from last year, hasn't strengthened. That Oklahoma City, a playoff team from a season ago, hasn't strengthened. There's some intrigue with the Boston Celtics now in the East. We'll see what the Philadelphia 76ers, if they can remain healthy, if these young players can come together, what they can do. Milwaukee's a team on the rise. We'll see Toronto, their big three all together for a year. Like, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of reasons to watch. But I think the argument is fair that you're making that this offseason has been next-level stuff. You can make the argument, it is more exciting than the actual games, well, which is crazy the, to and say. And the
2: first time the Cavs lose two or three games in a row in the regular season, the conversation goes to, where's LeBron going next year? Yep, yeah, right. And that's all we care about next offseason. Well, but what about now Lonzo Ball and how he's going to fare in the NBA?
0: Like, There are so many storylines in the NBA, it's remarkable. The only other sport where the offseason kind of mimics what we've seen in the NBA is the soccer or, or the football world in terms of the transfer market. Like Neymar going to PSG and all the rumors and banter like the transfer window is still open till the end of the month and you still don't know who's going to go where. I mean that's the only thing I think we could equate to the NBA offseason. The NFL does it with to a certain degree because the N- the NFL draft is the best draft of all, the hype, the combine, Free agencies kind of intriguing, but not like the NHL and the NBA. But they keep the storylines pumping through the off season, don't they, in the NFL? Yeah. But it's a different type of news story.
2: And like you were saying, when is the last time in the NFL or the NHL and maybe to some extent, maybe even MLB, where you've seen game changing franchise players move and go to a different team or sign somewhere else like Neymar or you see two of the league's best get traded for each other. Like, this well, never there's happens. there's blockbuster trades in the offseason in baseball. Like, spin it back to, what,
0: 2012 when the Blue Jays made that massive deal with the Marlins? It didn't work out.
2: But, but, but deals like that are made... But not one of the, it's not like seeing somebody, for example, like Clayton Kershaw getting traded or seeing one of the top upper echelon players in the league. It was a massive deal. Absolutely.
0: And baseball free agency for me is really intriguing. I think that's something that is entertaining than following baseball on a day to day basis is who could go where and who may sign where. And you just wait till Manny Machado and Josh Donaldson, Bryce Harper they're on the market, that's going to be crazy as well. So I think that it's just the perfect storm in the NBA when you have cap space to use and you have one team that everyone's trying to chase down. I think it adds a level of intrigue. And the NHL, because their salary cap doesn't go up much, if at all, it's holding back what that league can be. Instead, we're going into this NHL season where you look at the teams, there's not much that separates the best of the bunch from teams that would be on the bubble for playoff spots, and all of these teams are relying upon young talent that you probably don't even know who a lot of these players are. That's where we are in the NHL. And that doesn't create storylines. It doesn't create intrigue. Um, So I, I put it up on Twitter. I don't know if you retweeted this, Joe, but the Raptors are being ranked, in terms of the favorites in the Eastern Conference, by the odds makers, the bookmakers. To be the 5th or 6th favorite in the NBA, is that fair? Or is that just basically indicative of the fact that they didn't go out and make a blockbuster move? The, the Raptors really couldn't make one, but I think that that is something that teams hold against them. Like I still think the Raptors are a better team with the Bucks, even though that they're ranked ahead of them. I love John Wall, I, I like what the Washington Wizards are doing, but prove it to me. Right now the Raptors are still a better team. Than the Wiz. And I and and if you've listened to me on air, you know how I've waxed poetic about the Washington Wizards for, for quite some time. They got some good outside scoring with Beal, with Porter. I think they they have a good mix with that team. I still think the Raptors are better. So are they being treated harshly, unfairly, based upon those rankings? Because they didn't go make a significant move. Let me know. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. We also put up on Twitter, I retweeted it, at Wheeler TSN. You can cast your vote at TSN 1050 Radio. Finally, the NHL world has woken up and said, you know what? Maybe we start creating some headlines. And they've done so by the Hockey News and NHL Network releasing some positional rankings, or player rankings. And this was done a couple days ago, but the NHL Network has Austin Matthews ranked fourth in terms of best centers in the game of hockey. Fourth seems perhaps a little bit too high based on the fact he's only played one year in the NHL. He's ranked ahead of guys who have been at... We're near the top of the scoring rankings in the NHL year after year. Stanley Cup champions, he's ranked ahead of. So if you're unaware of the rankings, the NHL Network ranked McDavid, Crosby, Malkin, then Matthews. Then after Matthews, there's Nicholas Backstrom, arguably the best player on the President's Trophy winning Capitals team from a year ago. Johnny Tavares, a guy who's been... A standout star player in this league for how long now? Ahead of Stamkos, well, injury has really derailed Stamkos' career. Tyler Sagan at eight. Then it goes Getzlaff, Scheifele, Bergeron, Taves. Kopitar, an all-round player like Kopitar down at 13? Maybe it's what have you done for me lately and the Kings struggled last year, but Kopitar down at 13 seems a little off. Then it goes Eichel and Dreisaitl. So the poll question goes as such. Where would you rank Austin Matthews in the NHL's top centers? Would it be one to three? Would it be fourth overall like the NHL Network ranked him? Top ten? Or outside the top ten? Cast your vote at TSN 1050 Radio. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Jeremy Roenick from the NHL Network. You may have heard of him before guested on Overdrive last night. And correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, he didn't have Austin Matthews in his top 10? Or was it that Ronick didn't have him in his top 20? Which top one? 10. Top 10, okay. And he was justifying the fact that he didn't put Austin Matthews in his top 10 on Overdrive last night.
1: I think the world of Matthews and what he did last year was so spectacular and you know what he's doing for the Leafs and for the league. And I, I really think that he is moving up the, the talent chart really fast, not just centermen, but just players in general. And I don't like to put that much emphasis on on one year. I'd like to see one more year uh, of his maturity, have him do it two years in a row and show the, the type of leadership that he has, the type of grind that he has. Um, it's I think it's unfair to put him at, at, at that lofty Status after just one year, I think Connor McDavid's a little bit different. If you look at his points per game in his first year, he got injured, but he was over a point a game in that year. Then he, you know, was over a point a game uh, this year again, over 100 points. You know, getting the MVP, the scoring race. I think that's a different animal in terms of a, a one or two year uh, rank. But Austin Matthews, if he has, if he has even a 30 goal season this year, uh, you're putting him up in the top five. You know, automatically uh, amongst uh, the McDavid's and Crosby's and Malkins, I believe. But uh, after one year, I think it's tough, Especially as a sentiment. Um you'll see where we're coming out with wingers. And I put Patrick nine around nine or eight or nine on the uh, on the wing on the right wing list, uh, only because you know there's there's not as much competition on the wings I think as there is right down the middle. I mean, and again, those are just my. You know my opinions, and you can yell at them or disagree at them all, all they want. That's what the whole conversation is about. There's no right or wrong. But Austin Matthews, in my opinion, with one even a decent year uh, following up a phenomenal rookie campaign and avoiding a sophomore slump, will jump um, not only just as sentiment but as players in the top five in the league.
0: Jeremy Roenick on overdrive last night doesn't have Austin Matthews in his top ten. That's not to play down how good Austin Matthews was as you heard. It's playing up how good other players in this league are. And is it premature to rank him fourth in the league when he's only played one season? Do you need to see more? Does he need to do it over a more extended period of time for him to climb those rankings? It didn't take McDavid long. He's played a year and a half in the NHL and he's already been ranked first. Won three trophies at the end of season ceremony last year in the NHL. So Austin Matthews, does he need more time? Does that ranking being fourth overall ahead of the likes of Kopitar, of Sagan, Tavares, Backstrom, does it set Austin Matthews up for potential, not disaster, but what if he does have by the numbers, a less productive season next year. How does this affect the way that you look at them? The text is 105050. Cast your vote at TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter. We'll discuss Austin Matthews and Tom Wilson joining me from the Washington Capitals at the top of the clock. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050.
1: It's time for the championship battle in TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Wow. That one.
0: This is the worst one for sure. It's 11.54 and this is Toronto today. Gareth Wheeler with you. The best soundbite battles. The best on-air moment. And you get to decide the winner of TSN 1050 Sound Wars. Brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Logger. It's soundbite seed number three versus on-air moment number seven for all the glory, the championship battle. Soundbite number three, my personal favorite? Phil Kessel misunderstands Pierre Maguire's post-period question about his cardiovascular fitness. How's your breath? It's It's not good, eh? (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant in terms of conditioning. (laughs) That laugh, incredible. I don't get why analysts, though, say breath when it comes to fitness or blow. He needs a blow. What? He doesn't? He needs a break. He needs a breather. Bizarre way to ask that question, but the reaction, priceless. So that's the first contender. The second contender on air, moment number seven, Brian Hayes has the reaction of all reactions to the Maple Leafs winning the draft lottery.
3: The first pick goes to... The Maple the Leafs. The
0: Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs. The Leafs. They did it, Naylor. Now, my contention
2: is this clip is outdated. It's like a year and a half ago. There's no time stamp on it. It's the same season. That's why. It's in one kind same of season. sequential season. It was last April. It was before the season started. It, was, it should be like the calendar year. We're Leafs bias, Anyways, that's
0: your championship battle. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite. Soundbite seed number three, Kessel's not good, eh? Or on-air moment number seven, they did it, Naylor. Voting for this championship battle closes Friday at 8 a.m. Sound Wars on TSN 1050 is proudly brought to you by Old Tomorrow's New Letter Up Light Lager at Select Loblaws Grocery Stores. Keep on voting, people. TSN1050.ca. Looking forward to this. Big Tommy Wilson of the Washington Capitals. He's going to check into the program next. We'll talk disrespect to Ovechkin, the playoff matchup. How nervous were the Capitals about the Maple Leafs uh, in the first round of the playoffs? And we'll talk about his summer as well. All that coming up next Right here on Toronto Today, TSN 1050.